It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello and welcome into the latest edition of the SPN FC. Kay Murray and Craig Burley here in the studio. We will start the show with La Liga where we got to see the final match day of 2023. Girona hoping to close it out as Liga leaders, but they were held by Betis in the end. They had gone ahead in their game through Artem Dovbik from the penalty spot, but German Petzela equalised late on. Then Real Madrid took on Alaves, and very late on in this game, even though Nacho had been sent off, Lucas Vasquez scored with a header in the 92nd minute, which means that Real Madrid go top of the table and are now level on points with Girona. Luis Garcia, the Alaves coach, was absolutely furious at how the goal was conceded. But let's now welcome in our own Luis Garcia to talk more about what we saw. During that game, I kept saying, is Luis Garcia at this game? Because he kept <laughs> Stuart Robson and our commentary and Rob Palmer kept talking about Luis Garcia and I went, have, have I missed the show or something that we've not been on? But, but yeah, he, he looked, uh, you know, just lack of defending, lack of picking up. It's not like they're a, they're a man down. They have the extra man. Somebody has not done their job here. And as I said, Lucas Vasquez has been a great professional. Comes in, does a job, you know, wide position, full back. Always there if they're needed, if he's needed. But scoring headers, you know, particularly when there's so many big physical players around, I think that's what's infuriated the Alaves, Luis Garcia. Uh, but for Real Madrid, you know, we were just getting ready to come on air here, basically, and it was like they hadn't played particularly well. It was a bit of a flat game, but as you said, it's kind of in their DNA, isn't it? They just never say die and go to the end and and get a result when when they're against when they're up against it, uh, and they've done it again. On top of that, with Girona dropping two points at the end, it'll feel like a big, big day for them. Yeah, what does it feel like for Girona then, Luis, given that obviously, yes, they're still level on points, but they could have seen out the year as leaders, having done so well for this start of the season. Is there any psychological blow to them there? It can be. We'll see what happens in, in two weeks when they're back uh, on the competition. Definitely, I think this Girona uh, today deserve at least one point. It's true that in the last 20-25 minutes they start sitting back, they start dropping a little bit, and, and Betis was looking to, to get something. Uh, they never stop, even uh, considering that first goal. Uh, but uh, Betis missed, I think, too much. Uh, Isco, that wasn't the piece, the key player for them in the creation. You could see that uh, Betis well were organized, but in the last day, was missing that last pass, that last moment of of clarity. And I think uh, for for both teams, is is a point is it's a good point. Um, Girona, of course, looking to try to to stay as much time as possible there at the top of the table, but still managed to 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 stay the same points with, with Real Madrid. And I think they they have to be very very proud, very happy to, to arrive to this stage of the competition and not dropping in, in any case, not in the, on the way of playing. Today, once again, they show why they are at the top. Magnificent team, well drilled, amazing way of play. We enjoy all, all very much how they play, but definitely we're dropping two points that we'll see if they're going to need it in the coming months.
What's Nacho doing today, getting that red card? Because obviously it hasn't cost him in this game in the end, but it's his second red card of the season. The first was against Girona when the game was already won. And he knows that there's a defensive crisis at this club. It's just a very poor judgment, isn't it? Because it's, it's, it, it's a nasty challenge. Uh, there's no intent to play the ball. There's a clear intent to play the player from behind. I mean, maybe in the 1970s, you'd have got away with that, with a, a telling off from the ref and a yellow card that was. But we're in this current era, that's, that's a red card all day. And I, I'm a little surprised the referee uh, didn't see it at full speed, but he didn't. And, of course, we have... Uh, VAR to tidy these kind of things up, uh, you know, basically violent conduct, uh, excessive force. And yeah, that's from an experienced player, uh, that's poor, uh, because he knows the scenario that they're in. He knows that in January they're going to be looking to probably add to that area, but not guaranteed. And that's just a, a crazy, crazy decision. But to go back on the other side, I think Girona are playing still the best football in La Liga. Real Madrid, Barcelona, we've seen them recently, uh, struggling, and not just and, and, uh, uh, yesterday, but in the last few weeks. Real Madrid, obviously, you know, they're the team that are looking the strongest, but they're decimated with injuries, now suspensions. Uh, they have some players coming back. Chiuameni's uh, back, available again. Camavinga, I think, is going to be back soon. Uh, Vinicius, I think, is February. Mm -hmm. uh, now Nacho's going to have a three-game ban, and, and rightly so. And, and we'll see with Rodrigo, obviously, limping off at the he end. Got, sorry, he didn't get carried off, but he certainly had the weight taken off as, as uh, his legs as he was coming off, so we've no idea how serious that is. But, but barring something disastrous, I, 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 I just don't see how this Girona... Uh, call it a phenomenon, but this great story, I just don't see how it's going to disappear in two or three weeks' time. As Louis said, they've got a great shape, they play nice football, they're a threat going forward, uh, they, they all know what their job is. I suppose the one, if they picked up the injury list that one of the big sides had, then, then they're screwed, right? It's not, they're not going to be able to cope with that. But if they can get lucky in that department, then it's only the odd player that, that, that they lose. I don't see any reason why they can't keep this going. And also, there's nothing that suggests with the other teams that they're not going to falter either. And so I think that's good for La Liga. Might not be enough for the likes of Barca and possibly Atleti. We'll see. And they play at the weekend, Atleti, against Sevilla. And they cannot afford to drop any more points. But certainly from a Real Madrid perspective uh, and Girona perspective, uh, it, it's, it's up for grabs at the moment, and they are playing... I, I say they're playing better than Barca. They're playing better than Real Madrid in terms of the, the actual football that they're playing. Girona, the best team in the league right now for you, then, Luis, still? Yeah, on the way of playing, and Chris mentioning, I think that is the one that we enjoy the most because the way... Uh, how they analyze the game, how they're trying to break. They play against every single team and they manage to, to get wins and wins and play to different different ones. They've been rotating also players. We've seen uh, we, the Mitchell players who maybe they were not involved in, the, in their teams. We are talking about Danny Garcia, for example, the, who has no minutes. Everybody has been blaming him for not delivering for, Bar, uh, for Barcelona and arrived to uh, Girona and today was really once uh, one of the best players on the field. So that showed that everyone is committed to, to this challenge. Everyone is looking forward to see if they can continue working in the same way. We'll see what happens because I think that when March arrives and they are closer to see that they might be able to win it, I think what is when the pressure is going to be on and then we'll see these players who haven't been 
in that kind of situation before they are going to handle the situation as well as we expect. But what about, Luis, what about their manager? What, you know, this has to be, the way they're playing, the way he's going about this, Michel, this has to be putting him in the shop window at some point for a potential move to a bigger club with more money. Yeah, definitely is one of those managers that is being looked after, a uh, look up for from some uh, big uh, game, uh, big um, team. For example, Valencia, he was hurt uh, to be looking at him when he left uh, Rayo Vallecano in a fantastic way. Everybody thought they will make the the next jump to a, a bigger team, but it was Girona the one who decided to to sign him. And what is proven that he's a great, great manager. He's been working with this team. You can see what he's been able to do with players who, because everybody talks about the city group behind that they've been helping. And well, I don't think that that's the matter. They had a couple of, of uh, players who were on loan from last year from the from the city group. They are not anymore, and now they've been trying to find the perfect player for every position. And we are talking about a player who was a Nipro in a different competition. We are talking about the striker. We are talking about Savio in the left side. So a player who were not linked for, from big teams, player from the French League, second division. So we are talking about players who were not well known and they are given 120%. They are delivering something they were not expected. So I think we have to give a lot of credit to Mitchell and we'll see if at the end of the season he's going to be linked with uh, more bigger teams. You can throw Daley Blind into that because I thought Daley Blind was retired, right. but he's playing. He's yeah. playing some of the best football <laughs> of his career, and he's, he's enjoying it on that left side of the defence. And, and listen, I think we all, as neutrals and people that follow uh, La Liga and, and all the big leagues, we love a great story, right? Then, and, and outside, maybe those fans of Atleti and, and Barca and Real Madrid who can't see anything else, right. you know, I think. And particularly for leagues itself, you know, for the Premier League, for example, when Leicester won it, it, it was a great story that it can be done. And if Girona can just hang in there at least, it might not win it come, come, come May because of the pressure or whatever, or somebody might put a run. But if they can at least hang in there, then it's going to be a terrific story. If they win it, obviously, it's going to be absolutely amazing. But we just love a story. And, and at the moment, you know, thank God for them because one or two of the others are faltering. Faltering being one of them, Barcelona, I suspect. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, so when we talk about a manager's stock being up in Michel, that's not the case right now with Xavi Hernandez, and he was uh, pretty concerned after his side's 3-2 win over Almeria, which, let's just say, was less than convincing. He said, my team worries me. The first half worries me. It's unacceptable. We need the soul we showed in the second half. I want a team that leaves everything on the field. That's what won us two trophies last year. This isn't 2010 Barca. We don't have the quality of 2010 Barca. Luis, you know Xavi very well. Are you surprised to see him as strong as this publicly after a game saying what he's saying and how angry he is too? No, I'm not surprised. I think he's been holding back a little bit. He's been trying to find different excuses, different way of arriving to the player. But uh, we also, we talked after uh, this game yesterday and uh, we were analysing that situation. The first 45 minutes, the lack of intensity, the lack of, of aggressiveness, of desire, of determination that this team had. And we are talking about very young uh, players, players who need to show a little bit more desire when, when they are playing. If they want to get uh, to what they want to be at the end of the season, he's trying to win any trophies. And I think a rival moment when he decided to just stop pointing 
who they th he think that they, they are the, the ones who have to change these dynamics because at the end, this is actually even better team than last year. And he was 100% more solid last year, 100% more effective. And this year, you can see a little bit of complacency up front, a lot of chances, but no goals. We've seen Lewandowski not capitalizing the chances. Even Rafinha is probably one of the most uh, um, creative players up front, but uh, missing the last third. Uh, Joel Felix, who started very well, now is going down a little bit. So he was replaced yesterday after uh, 45 minutes. So no long ago, we heard about uh, a, a little bit of this kind of complaint from Gundogan. And everybody was shocked about, oh, what a player. You cannot say that. But now Xavi, I think, is giving the, uh, the right to, to say it because of his experience, because he's the total true. This team, if they want to be challenging for every trophy, they need to raise a little bit the intensity rate. rate uh, raise a little bit what they they, they is they desire and try to be more effective up front and start from running 120% more of what they are doing at the moment. Luis mentioned the young players, but actually the experienced players are reported to, well, we saw Joao Felix being subbed off, but the experienced players like Robert Lewandowski reportedly getting the hairdryer treatment at half-time in the dressing room with Xavi saying, let's see if you can do some running. Yeah, I don't see Xavi as the kind of manager to do that to somebody like Lewandowski but maybe he did but but Robert Lewandowski had a lot to say for himself at the start of the season about the league about the standard of refereeing and about the style and the approach of his own teammates when actually now that he's uttered those words which was quite some time ago he's going to have to back it up at a time of need and this restart in January will be that time because I have seen nothing in the first half of the season to suggest anything else than he's got problems. He's got problems, and, and the problems are at both ends. Uh, and you could argue the middle of the park is, is a little shaky as well, but when you've got somebody like Ronald Arojo, who was solid as a rock last year, even the first goal against Almeria, he's sort of wafting a right leg at it, doesn't clear it, lets the ball bounce against Valencia from a high ball in, and they get the equaliser uh, at the Mestalla. You know, don't even start me on the Girona game at the Montjuic, there was mistake after mistake. When all these experienced players are, are, are making these mistakes, it's a problem. They've got a, a tough draw in the Champions League as well. This is a Napoli, they've got Napoli who have had a poor start to the season, sacked a manager, they might get ahead of steam, but if all these other sides are creating chances, Girona scored four against them. You know, Almeria scored two, it could have been more. They haven't won a game this season. If they don't sort that out, what's maybe an inform with a head of steam Napoli going to do to them? And how's he going to potentially survive that? So he, he's got, and they're in, they're in America now, aren't they? They're in, they're in, they're in Dallas. So uh, he's got a couple of weeks to figure it out. I, 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 don't, I would imagine, and maybe Luis knows, I, I don't know how much, if any, there's going to be movement in January in terms of signings, loans, because there, there is... I mean, they're in America to get five million squiddly diddlies to get some money, so that ain't going to buy you a player. So can, I don't even know, Luis, if he can make any changes to the squad or is this is what he's got between now and the end of the season and they're going to have to figure it out. And to add to that, Luis, if this is what he's got, how they do figure it out, do you see that happening? 
Yeah, exactly. It's because I don't think that one player or two players are going to change the dynamic of this team. It's, it's about trying the, to change the mentality. This is a team that, again, last year won the La Liga. So to win La Liga, you have to be so consistent that uh, on the daily basis, you're working the same way, you're drilling well, you're training well. And that means that right now, the, the, bringing a player or two players isn't going to change anything. Probably what's most important is that they regroup once again. They took between them, they start showing that if they don't work together, this team is not going to win anything this season because the way that Girona is playing, the way that Real Madrid, even with all the injuries that they have, and very soon they are going to start uh, recovering players. Atletico Madrid is going to be challenging again. If uh, they win uh, tomorrow, they're going to be with the same points and trying to get back to, to the top uh, position. So I don't think that uh, one player is going to make the change. And I don't think that they can find the right player because we are talking the transfer market in, in the winter. is very difficult to, to get good players. All the good players are already in, in, their, in their teams looking for qualifies for the Champions League and thinking about uh, uh, the, the rest of the season, not thinking about making a good transfer. So I don't think that Barcelona is trying to find that player, but much more to focus on trying to change the dynamic of the team. Well, there's a lot more talk about Barcelona and La Liga over on our YouTube channel. Be sure to stay up to date with that by subscribing while you're there. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. If only Robert Lewandowski had the numbers that he used to be notching up in the Bundesliga right now, because one player who certainly does is Harry Kane. We're looking at the most goals through 15 games in a Bundesliga season, and Harry Kane is right up there with Robert Lewandowski right now. Harry Kane said he's going to be putting his feet up and going somewhere warm, and he really does deserve this winter break. He's going to play golf, he said. <laughs> a little bit of golf. A little bit of sunshine. Nice. We've got Frank Leboff and Jürgen Klinsmann joining us now to talk more about this. Guys, I suppose when you actually see what we are seeing with Harry Kane and that he's able to do it now at the really, truly elite level with Bayern Munich, do you ever wonder if he thinks he should have done this sooner? If he thinks that, wow, I could have been doing this earlier? Well, possibly, but... You know, why spend your life thinking about what you could have done when you, you can look to what you may be able to do? And that is 
going to be a very tough second half of the season if, if Bayer Leverkusen continue in this vein of form and there's nothing to suggest that they won't. They haven't lost a game yet this season. Uh, and it's no surprise Harry Kane is playing and scoring in the manner in which he is because he's such a clever player. You know, people talk about being a goal scorer. Yeah, he's a goal scorer, but he's a very, uh, he's a very clever. He's got great game awareness. How he drops off. I, I've never, I've not seen, in my memory, a guy who scores the amount of goals that he scores, with the ability to drop deep for club and country and spray 50, 60, 70 yard passes, and finish like this. I mean, it's a heck of a skill. You know, at times at Tottenham, you could argue he was the best passer of the ball in the side as well as the best finisher. Now, there are other people at Bayern Munich that, that can do that. But uh, the big question now is, second half of the season where it matters, and for every big club in every league, Thomas Tuchel needs this to continue and more. They have Harry Kane, club record, to, to continue to win the Bundesliga but to be really, really competitive and challenging the Champions League as well. And that, for me, is one of the main reasons why Harry Kane has gone to Bayern Munich, to taste this ability to be able to challenge the elite-level clubs. And there's nothing to suggest right now, Jürgen, that he won't be able to continue this farm. Absolutely. I mean, he just... Uh proves it week in week out you know his qualities he's a complete absolute complete uh center forward striker uh top three in the world there's no doubt about it and uh, the reason why he's in munich is uh, um is to win titles and um i think he's gonna even break the record again you know of Ken Müller and, and Lewandowski before um but the, the goal the goal is really win the bundesliga title and especially for bayern munich with their expectations it's uh, winning the champions league and so it's going to be a huge, absolute huge second part of the season for Harry Kane and for Bayern Munich. Um, and uh, he has all the qualities, you know, to succeed. But it will be tricky, as Greg said. Bayer Leverkusen is playing an outstanding season under Xavi Alonso. And they're capable, actually, to carry it all the way through um, till the end of the season. So it will be a title race with a lot of... Uh, Intensity with a lot of uh, drama, maybe until the very last day, like it was last year in the Bundesliga. But uh, Harry is ready to to cash in in a certain way as as a striker, and you know, getting some trophies under his belt that he so badly wants. Jurgen, just to go back to that question I did ask to Craig, do you think that he does regret not leaving Spurs sooner? Do you think he should have? Uh, I mean, he's been loyal to Spurs for so long and he, he loves that club. It's him. He come, came through that club and, and, and it's a big club too. So I, I don't blame him for, for waiting until now to, to leave and to go for titles, for, to go for trophies. He had the hope that to win something with, uh, with Spurs and almost did it with the Champions League final. But uh, um, I think he lives in the moment. Uh, he understands the moment is now. Uh, it's a big year for Harry Kane. Uh, because it will end also in the European Championship. And that European Championship will be played in Germany, so his new hometown <laughs> in a certain way. And uh, maybe he can make it happen to win t trophies with Bayern Munich and end up actually winning the European Championship with England, which is, in my opinion, the big favorite for the European Championship because they're getting closer and closer to, to get that trophy that's, uh, that they so badly won since a long time. Yeah, we don't want that, do we? <laughs> 
you don't you I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> mind them scoring I don't mind them scoring scoring goals for Bayern Jurgen but you know we have to slow down on the England side of things here you know. Well, obviously, he's a huge difference maker, Frank, for both teams, for both Bayern Munich and England when it comes to being a favourite in these tournaments. Well, you know what? I want for Kane the best. And if he has to win the, cha the, the European Championship with England, <laughs> I'm ready to Against accept France. it. Because, I mean, that guy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever it can be. You know, that guy deserves so much. I mean, can you imagine now what he must think about Spurs right now playing. Can you imagine Spurs playing with like that with him on top of uh, all the players that they have and uh, and the quality that they have this year with Postecoglou? That would have been perfect. I really wish him to win because imagine that Spurs get something out of uh, the season that they are, they're having right now. But because Bayer Leverkusen is too strong, they win the Bundesliga. And because, you know, in Champions League, Bayern Munich uh, doesn't go to the final, doesn't win it. And Kane will still be with nothing. I really hope he's going to get something out of it because he's such a perfect player. He has everything, all the tools that you need. When he didn't sign for Real Madrid, I said, that's a big mistake from Real Madrid because that guy is really the striker. I mean, Jürgen can tell, tell us, you know, all the quality that he has. And I think he has everything. Cleverness, physically, technique, uh, awareness. He knows everything and he feels the game. And uh, it's why, you know, I would say that I really wish him to win something this season because that guy so far has nothing and he shouldn't be like that. And on top of all of that, Jürgen, you know he's probably not going to give you any trouble either as a coach. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, the wonderful side of him as well is, is his personality, is his character. He's just a, a fantastic lad. He's just a fantastic person. And uh, obviously, he's just a couple of months now in Munich, so he's not running there, the locker room, yet. But uh, the more he feels comfortable in Munich, the more he kind of uh, gets his hands around his teammates and especially the younger players, the more he will lead that locker room as well. And I think this is a big, big plus that he's already ha has in the, in the English side. You can see on his uh, English team that he's the, he's the boss. I mean, they're all looking up to him. They all, you know, uh, wait until he opens up his mouth and say something. And uh, I think Gareth Southgate knows exactly what kind of a captain he has. So he's, he's ready. He's ready to cash in. And I really hope, as Frank said, I really hope that he gets to cash in this year in 2024 with some trophies. Um, and uh, let's see, let's see, Greg, if it's going to be the European Championship or not. <laughs> Don't. Stevie, Stevie Nick will have a heart attack if England win the Euros. Trust me. But, you know, the, the, one of the interesting things is, is, is Harry Kane's quality going to be enough to mask the other deficiencies that seem to crop up in this Bayern side? Mm -hmm. Every now and again, they went out of the Poco and a shock result. Uh, they got beaten by Eintracht Frankfurt 5-1 recently. It just came out the blue. And you feel Thomas Tuchel still been harping on about this midfield position where he wants a six in there and at the back, they haven't always looked as solid. These are the little things that are going to creep up that particularly in the elite games come the end of the season and particularly in the Champions League that's going to bite them in the backside. And it, the big question is, is can they solve those issues? I mean, I don't know if they're going to go back in for a Paulinho in January or not. Uh, I know they tried hard to get uh, the holding midfield player from Fulham in the summer. It didn't work. Uh, but Tuchel just doesn't seem entirely happy with a couple of little areas in his side. Now, 
a really good striker can mask that to a certain extent. And Harry Kane is doing that. But every now and again, it just seems to come back with Bayern. And there's a result that just pops out in nowhere and go, wow, didn't see that coming from a negative point of view. Yeah, but obviously uh, still a huge team to be feed. What have you made of what we've seen of his transition, Luis, going from the Premier League to Bayern Munich and just scoring all these goals that he has been? I think that the, the adaptation has been impressive, uh, honestly, because uh, we knew they will be the good. The guys just mentioned about his quality, awareness, the football intelligence, his definition. We are talking about a top-class striker, something that on these days is very difficult to find. A player who you know is going to score 25, 30 goals is very difficult to find. And he just adapts to the team to a totally different way or style of play, totally different competition. Because we know that even though the Premier League is very intense, but the Liga is plays in a, in a different way. So I think it's, again, he's really impressive. We knew it, but we didn't expect that he was going to do so well. And so far, he's been probably the best striker of the competition in Europe. So let's see if he can manage to keep that consistency until the end of the season and probably Bayer will have the chance of, of winning uh, if my good friend Xavi Alonso doesn't, doesn't continue doing what he's doing the best. Don't forget, Bayer Leverkusen lose Boniface for a period because of the AFCON. Patrick Schick is back fit again, scoring uh, again this week. Very good player. Mm -hmm. Florian Welts behind. So it's not, not the end of the world, particularly with Patrick Schick fit again. But Boniface has been excellent for them. Off the top of my head, I'm not sure who... Uh, Bayern are losing for anybody but they're certainly not losing Harry Kane to the African Cup of Nations so that's going to be a little bit of pressure on, on, on Chabi Alonso and Bayer Leverkusen but it's really bearing in mind Borussia Dortmund are certainly not in the title race this year no. and they have been the sort of go-to team it's refreshing that Leverkusen have stepped up in the manner in which they have This is a perfect segue earlier this week Craig had to actually host a digital hit for us on ESPN FC and he's just set me up absolutely perfectly Really? For where we're going now. We were wondering if you've seen the rundown and you haven't. No. <laughs> You're talking about the AFCON. Yeah. We're talking about Mo Salah. I've never Look seen a rundown in 10 years. <laughs> I know, as you will notice, he <laughs> won't even take a shot sheet in front of him. But it is a perfect transition because obviously Liverpool are going to be without Mohamed Salah. We don't know for how long, obviously, when it comes to the AFCON. It could, they could lose him for up to 10 games. And when you see these numbers, you can see why it is pretty scary because the other attackers are going to have to step up right now. Let me start with you on this one then, if I can, Luis Garcia. Do you fear here that they will be able, that they will or won't be able to do this? It's not, uh, it's not that they are going to be able or not. We are talking about the top scorer of the team. We are talking about the, the right side of, of the team. I mean, a player who every single season gives so much uh, to, to the team and is one of the key players. If you take away Jude Bellingham right now from Real Madrid or if you take Harry Kane from Bayern Munich, they're going to feel it. For that's what's happened with uh, Liverpool. It doesn't matter if Darwin Nunes got a fantastic round uh, during the, the time that the Mosal is not there or, or Gabko, that is, it could be one of the players who get into that position. Uh, we are talking about a very, very important player. And of course, Liverpool is going gonna, is gonna to feel it. Uh, hopefully, uh, Darwin Nunes can probably get that consistency on, on the way of playing three, four games in a row. And then he can feel important to the team. And and show that he's a fantastic player. But again, um, Liverpool is going to feel not having Mo Salah for, for that period, big time. So this, is who, this is who the eyes are going to be on, Craig. Darwin Nunez in Mo Salah's absence. Luis Diaz, Darwin Nunez, Jota when he's fit, Cody Gakpo. Uh, I suppose we saw, for those that saw yesterday, the Carabao Cup. Uh, 
the excellent Dominic Soboslai, uh, scoring a, a great goal. Uh, had a quiet couple of games, but a terrific player. So you need you need goals from the middle of the park. But it's it's undeniable if you if you lose a guy who has the record that he has at this football club, that it's not going to have an impact on the rest, and it, and it is going to beg the question. Uh, Who's going to step up to the plate and replace the end product that, that Mo Salah brings? And if, if the answer is nobody's going to be able to do it, it could spell the end of, of Liverpool's uh, title charge, as we know it. They play Arsenal this, obviously, this weekend. It's a huge game. It's very close at the moment. But, but yeah, this is, you know, just, just the fact that when games have been tight, Mo Salah has stepped up. And he hasn't always played brilliantly, but but some of the goals that he's scored and the amount of goals he's scored has been quite incredible. I mean, it's some feat for a wide player. Uh, yeah, when we're talking about Darwin Nunez as well, one thing that always keeps coming up is the shots and the chances that he misses too. It's obviously highlighted throughout this season. That's what's been talked about. How do you fix a situation like this, Jurgen, and ensure that those shots do turn into goals? Well, the best thing for him is obviously getting playing time. And if uh, Mo Salah now leaves then for the Africa Cup of Nations for a couple of weeks, that might be his chance, getting more minutes on the field, getting more opportunities. It's always down to work, work, work. You know, when you as a striker have moments where, you know, you struggle scoring goals, you're struggling, you're struggling finishing things off, then you go back to the training field, to, to the training ground and, and you work on it, you work on it. And I think once, you know, somebody leaves a little bit of space for you because he's not there for a few weeks, that's the opportunity. And I, I think it's exciting if you look at at, at the players that uh, Liverpool can add now to the mix because uh, Salah leaves for a couple of weeks. You know, you have Gakpo, you have Luis Diaz, you have uh, uh, Nunez. This is, uh, this is fantastic. I mean, you as a manager, you just throw them in and say, come on, guys, you know, work it out. Find a way to, to score. And, uh, and then uh, Salah will be back after a couple of weeks, uh, hopefully with a title in his case. Jürgen, just when we looked at that graphic there, we saw he's second most offsides in the Premier League this season. How do you coach that in a player like Darwin Nunez? I think it's not a big deal. I mean, it means that he's always kind of right on the edge. You know, he speculates a lot um, and sometimes it works out. You know, maybe it's just on and, and, and gets his finishing. I mean, it's something you can definitely talk to him about and, and work with him on a training pitch, no doubt about it. But I don't think it's a big deal. We might see him actually play. Can I have a word on that? Go on, Frank. Go on, Frank. <laughs> yeah, just just say sometimes you know we are being a little bit harsh on on young players. You know how long it took uh, to Salah to be the player that he is now. I remember him playing for Chelsea. It didn't work. He had to go to Roma. How long it took Benzema to become the player that he was playing for Real Madrid when he was hammered by by Mourinho by not being a killer, booed by the fans for not giving enough and. Uh, and after being the player that he became, being such uh, a, a terrific scorer. So it takes a little while. Uh, Nunez arrived last season. Yeah, he has to step up because of uh, the absence of uh, Salah. But we, you can't ask for the world, uh, for, for, for a player who has been discovered last season. He's just a human being. He, he needs to adapt. He needs to work very hard. He needs to maybe speculate a little bit less, like uh, Jürgen was, was saying. But, he, but he's trying his best. I can see that he's fully committed. He's 100% committed. Sometimes it doesn't work. At one point, if he keeps on working, I'm pretty sure he's going to be successful. Well, I want to wish him the best because we can see his anger. 
is uh, is hunger, and 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 it gives everything. Yeah, it might be clumsy, but I saw so many. I remember Jean-Pierre Papin and Jürgen can talk about. Jean-Pierre Papin was booed by the fan when he signed for Marseille. Uh, you know, aiming the stance and everything. So give some time to Nunez, I think, to to settle down a little bit, and uh, that would be maybe for the best. I think what we might see Liverpool doing, and we saw a little glimpse of it yesterday. Nunez actually played part of the game at the start on the left-hand side of a front three and, and, and Gakpo played, we'll, we'll call it a false nine for, for want of any other terminology. And we might see that happening, and particularly when Diego Jota comes back. So, And he might be asked to play in the left or the right and, you know, attack that back post or make runs from, from out to in rather than be the central striker. And that's something I think Jurgen Klopp has used him before. Uh, and so, so we may see that happening, but look, they have still got, even when they lose Mo Salah, they have still got a good stable of front guys to choose from. There's, there's, no, there's no doubt about that. They're experienced players. You know, Nunes is a big money player. Jota scored <coughs> important goals. And every time in this studio, you seem to have so coughing fit. Is it me? Are you, are you allergic? So, they've got, so they have a lot of experienced players that can come in and a very experienced coach. And I, 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 I think Liverpool, although this is going to be a blow for them, I don't. I would certainly hope it's not going to derail the season uh, too much, if at all. OK, well, we do know that you can host if my coughing fit gets too bad. You can take that role on, right? No, I don't. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets but expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Uh, let's talk about an experienced player who won't be featuring with his national side. He's obviously injured right now, but it is more on why Thibaut Courtois has turned his back temporarily, at least, on his national side. He said, if my departure was purely about the captaincy, I would have already resigned in March when Tedesco chose De Bruyne as captain. 
when Tedesco said that Romelu was captain against Austria and I was captain against Estonia on Tuesday, something snapped inside of me. The coach made no effort to find a solution but simply said he would tell the press everything. He wanted to pressure me not to leave and threaten me. Ultimately, nothing lasts forever in football. For me, it's no problem to sort things out like two adults. But where is the middle ground after a breach of trust like this? So obviously we're seeing here a superstar against Domenico Tedesco, who's come in as Belgium coach here. Are you surprised to see Thibaut Courtois as vocal as he has been about it, Luis Garcia, in what he has said about this? You know, upset to not get the captaincy, to not be honoured with that, and to speak out against his coach the way he has. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a big surprise because he's not a player who likes to, to give uh, big uh, uh, highlights, uh, uh, headlights, uh, because here in Spain, when he comes on the press, eh, okay, he can talk about his team. If he's not happy about the, the way that Real Madrid has been playing, he will have a word, but uh, never throw something like this to against the, the coach. So my, we, we don't have all the information. We, don't, we just know what the one said and not the other one. And it's really difficult to, to try to understand what just happened. But definitely, uh, it was a, a big surprise when he talked like this about a coach that uh, he might find uh, in the coming weeks, in the coming months. Uh, at the end, uh, the football is a very small world and you're going to see everyone at some point. So, uh, big surprise and we'll see what, how, how this ends. But um, it's not something that uh, Thibaut Courtois has done in his past five, ten years here in Spain. I'm, I'm a little confused here. Can I have is, a little it, bit more context? Is it about the captaincy or not? So the match against Austria was set to be his 102nd and his first at home since hitting 100 caps. So he expected a tribute and an armband and he got neither. He expected? Oh, well, don't expect then. <laughs> is what I would say. Is, is that, that's just some of the pointers, though. Is, but isn't this, that, uh, is it, is mean, it a reasonable take, expectation? I'll, I'll, I'll give you this, right. I'll give you this. 100 caps for your country is oh, no, no, quite it's, a feat. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good going. Right, but expect expect nothing, right? The bottom line here is Thibaut Courtois is injured at the moment and he has been, up until the injury, uh, he was the best keeper on the planet on current form till, till he was injured. There's no doubt about that. But we don't always get what we want. And uh, as Louis said, we don't know the whole story. There's got to be more to it than this with, with a personality clash with, with a coach as well. But I, I, just don't think it, it, I just don't think it sits well with any professional experienced player that basically they're throwing, it seems on the face of it, they're throwing all the toys out the pram because of a, an armband. You know what I mean? You're still out there, you're still representing your country, the fans still appreciate you. Uh, I know some people might see it a different way, but it, it just seems unnecessary to me. Now, if it's just the fact that he doesn't like the coach, then, then, then just say it. Just say, look, I, I, I really don't like the coach. I've got no respect from. I don't really want to play, and I'll, I'll consider my options in the future. But if this is over an armband, you know, it's like I, I don't know. You know, it didn't really matter to me. You were in the, you know, you were in the Scotland team. I played 46 times, captain Scotland once. If I'd captained them once 10 times or 20 times, it wouldn't really matter. It's, it's just you're there, and whatever happens, happens. Did you ever have a coach that you hated though in that time? For the national team? No, 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 no. Well, I only played for Bertie Volks once, but I wouldn't say I hated Bertie. I didn't right. hate Bertie. Uh, I only played at the end of my career. But I had Craig Brown for, for uh, 
45 in my cap. So, and no, no, he was very, very well liked. But if he made a decision, he made a decision. I just think this is unnecessary. Uh, Jürgen, you're a national team coach. Do you see this situation as being salvageable? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think Coutroy might be a little bit frustrated. You know, obviously he's still injured, but um, there I see from just from the outside, obviously we don't have all the information. We don't know the insights, but um, I see there's just a, a piece of miscommunication. I mean, I know Domenico, Domenico Tedesco a little bit. Uh, we talked a couple of years ago uh, quite often, um, but uh, he's, he's a fairly young coach, very communicative, um, good, good people manager. Um, I think all it takes there is to pick up the phone and call each other and, uh, and talk about it. Or maybe somebody gets them quickly together, their press officer or their team manager or whoever it is, and, and they talk it out. I don't, I don't see this as a, as a big problem. Obviously, Courtois is a fantastic goalkeeper when he's healthy, one of the best in the world. He's a big, big player. Uh, Belgium is a team with uh, a lot, a lot of expectations over the last 10, 12 years because we're all waiting for this uh, golden generation of Belgium to finally <laughs> win something. And uh, they are fant fantastic individual players, no doubt about it. Um, so I hope that Courtois remains in that, uh, um, yeah, in that challenge that they have uh, to make things happen for their own country. And all it takes, you know, pick up the phone, talk to each other or... Maybe Tedesco uh, fly to him and uh, have a couple of beers and talk it out. <laughs> I'm hearing I'm hearing Hongman Sun's going to have a stroke with that German guy that's in charge of South Korea. <laughs> well, it's funny you, you should say that <laughs> <laughs> because this is the last time we see Jurgen hey. before he takes South Korea to the Asian Cup, and they are fourth favourites right now behind Japan, Qatar, and Australia. We always see those lovely trophies behind you, Jurgen. Next time we see you, are we going to see another one there? Oh, I hope so. I really hope so. Um, obviously, it's a, it's a difficult tournament, like the European Championship as well, or the Copa America. Um, but it is doable. I think uh, we have a team at the moment with outstanding uh, individual players. And Sonny, obviously, is the captain of this uh, team. We have Kim Min-Jae, who is one of the best defenders in the world, playing for Bayern Munich. We have a very, very... Um, and Frank knows him really well in, in France. A, a kid that just came... Uh, through the roof over the last couple of months with Kangin Lee playing for Paris Saint-Germain, an attacking midfielder that is outstanding, very, very young and uh, full of hopes for his future. We have uh, uh, Ichan uh, Wang who scores goals at Wolves at the moment and several players in the Bundesliga all, all over the place. So, so we are confident that we can make something happen. Obviously, it takes a lot. It takes uh, seven games to win. <laughs> Uh, but we're going to go for it. Okay, <laughs> we're going to go for it. We give it uh, everything we have and hopefully I can send home these players with their trophy and, uh, and a lot of smiles in their faces. Uh, well, we're all rooting for you, Jürgen. We wish you the best of luck as well. Thanks so much for being with us on ESPN FC. Thanks to Luis Garcia for joining us as well. We'll speak to both guys again very soon. Uh, make sure to be with us for the latest edition of Extra Time. Frank LaBeouf, Craig Burley and Gab Marcotti answering your questions over on our YouTube channel. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It is time to talk European Super League. Yes, uh, the uh, new plan after the European Court determined that UEFA and FIFA's ban on it was in fact illegal. So this is what we're seeing now. 64 clubs divided into three leagues. That would be star, gold and blue with promotion and relegation between the leagues. Promotion into the third tier, the blue league, based upon domestic league performance. Clubs will play in groups of eight with a minimum of 14 matches per year and no permanent members. Let's welcome in Gab Marcotti now to talk more about this. What does this new ruling mean or what does it change, Gab, with regards to the Super League? Anything? Uh, nothing. Well, no, it, it does change some things. Um, I, and it was funny because uh, this is one situation where the press release came out and it looked like a... Uh, like a complete win for uh, for A22, the company that's behind the Super League. Of course, the only clubs officially left involved with it, Barcelona and Real Madrid, it came out and said that uh, UEFA, as you said, UEFA can take action uh, and and punish teams uh, if if they want to if they want to leave. But UEFA need to have clear criteria, uh, and those criteria have to have to meet certain uh, certain guidelines to be in compliance with European law if teams want to form their own competitions. Um, then later on, the actual verdict comes out and, you know, UEFA and others were spinning it in a different direction, saying, yeah, we didn't have the criteria in 2021 and no, we weren't, maybe we weren't allowed to sanction them, but we're going to write some criteria. We're going to strengthen the criteria that are already there so that, you know, we get final approval if, if teams want to form their own, their own competitions. Um, that's kind of the crux of the issue, which one of these two is right. I suspect there's going to be more litigation, more lawyers involved. That plan that you mentioned with the blue and the gold and the stars, I think AT22 would say and have said, this is just a proposal. This is just an example of what we can do. Um, one key thing to remember, uh, and I think everybody agrees on this, is they have to convince clubs that this is better than what they have right now uh, with UEFA and Thus far, the only clubs that have come out and said, yeah, this is a great idea, are Barcelona and Real Madrid. Are others scared? Are they, are they afraid of backlash? Possibly. Um, we're going to find out. So, so we're going to go into overdrive here, Gab, with Real Madrid uh, and Barcelona, but particularly Florentino Perez, who's stood on a pedestal on this, it seems, on his own. Are we going to try and see them accelerate, trying to coerce other teams to come and join them? I mean, how is it all going to work? 
I, I don't think Real Madrid and Barcelona are really in a position to accelerate and coerce every, uh, anybody, frankly. Um, you know, Atletico Madrid, you know, they could have been silent. Uh, Atletico Madrid came out and said they were completely against this. Um, the Premier League clubs really have no great need, uh, you know, of the six rebel clubs. I think five of them came out with statements saying that, you know, they're not into this. Um, but in Germany, those clubs, have, of course, have other issues. They didn't even sign up the first time round. They have to come up with a plan that they think is better. Um, but the door is open. Bar you know, UEFA, they have to come up with a plan as well to saying, guys, we can't just say, no, you can't leave. Uh, we have to come up with a pathway if you choose to leave. And I think the longest ranging impact to this, Craig, is we have to remember every time UEFA changed their format or changed the way the money's redistributed, it's after consultation with the clubs, the European Clubs Association within UEFA. Now those clubs at the ECA, um, clubs that, that are all loyal or have been loyal thus far to Alexander Cheferin and we're happy to go and discuss in, in, in discuss matters kind of behind closed doors, those clubs can now say, hey, um, Chef, if we don't get what we want, if we don't get the kind of Champions League that, the, that we want, um, then look, we have a pathway out to do our own thing and you can't stop us. So I think what we're gonna see is a Champions League that's gonna be driven even more so than today by what the big clubs want and uh you know some people say it's good and it's good some people say it's bad and that probably uefa will accommodate because they have now lost this leverage that that threat to leave is there i don't think the clubs any big club necessarily want to go to war but i think they want to use that leverage and have that threat in their in their back pocket as for a22 barcelona and real madrid I think it's going to be very, very difficult. The, the proposals they've come up with, this one here that, you know, we just heard where they said, oh, it's just a talking point, just a proposal. It's not really compelling because it's not really convincing, I think, to many about how it's going to work. How are you going to generate the, the revenue? Um, you know, you can say it's an open competition, but, you know, ultimately there's 64 clubs in it and 20 clubs change every year. The 20 clubs that get relegated out of the blue tier. Um, so I, I think they're going to have to up the ante there if they want people to, 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 to join them, frankly. There is a lot more talk about this on the latest Gab and Jules show. Make sure to check out their podcast if you'd like to hear more about the European Super League. Don't worry, they talk about a lot more things on there as well. Download it wherever you do get your podcasts. Atleti Sevilla, that makeup game, the game that had to be postponed earlier this season, will be made up on Saturday, 9.45am Eastern. You can catch us for our coverage, build-up and wraparound coverage to this game, La Liga action, coming your way to round things out and round the table out as well to make sure that the likes of Atleti have played as many games as those above them. Come on, cough your way out. Oh, gosh, I know. I'm just cough. about surviving, but now we've got extra time on the way now. Oh, that's Gab's right. joining oh, us. Right. And Frank is too, so I'll just cough all my way through that. Thanks cough for putting up with me. Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. We've got Craig Burley here in the studio alongside myself, Kay Murray, Frank LaBeouf is joining us, and Gab Marcotti as well. First question is about Girona. Do you think Girona will collapse after today's results? Well, we spoke to you about this in the main show, Craig. What do you... This result wasn't a bad result. Nobody's been to Betis... Uh, mm -hmm. and, and won. This season. Uh, and up until... What was it, 87 minutes or thereabouts? They had they had it in the bag and, and they started sitting a little bit deeper. I won't go into the whole game. Uh, but no, I mean it's they did not go they did not go down to Seville. 
play poorly, get taken apart, and and they're going to go into the winter break uh, on a downer. They went down there, dominated the bulk of the game, were under a little bit of pressure at times, created some chances of their own, got a penalty, Dovkit, uh, the big Ukrainian, slid it away, and uh, a point looks like a bad result for them because of the winning position they were in, but on the scale of everybody else going down playing against Betis here, it's actually uh, it's not a disaster. It's not a disaster. Do you, what do you say, Gab? No, I mean, if I collapse, does it mean that they won't win the title? I don't think they'll win the title, but if I collapse, you mean that, you know, will they step out of the top four? Uh, I don't think so. Not when you look at all the issues that, you know, some of the chasing pack uh, have, Barcelona, Atleti. Well, you know, we, we saw them the other night, that, that, that draw with, with uh, Getafe I thought was really disappointing. And let's not forget all of Real Madrid's injuries and the fact that Real Madrid obviously have European football to, to contend with, like um, Barca and Atleti uh, a, a, as well, which Girona don't have to contend with. And the fact that, let's not forget, who's bankrolling Girona, um, if they need to make some signings to strengthen the squad in January, um, I think they can find the money to do that. Does it mean they'll sign Erling Holland? No, but they can get they can get guys in if they think that they need them uh, as well. So I think having come this far, um, no, I, I don't think Girona are going to collapse at all. As Craig said, a draw at Betis is not a bad result. I mean, people are, that's the one thing people come back quite a lot and they say, ah, oh, the City group, group are bankrolling the club. Well, yeah, they're behind the club, but they're not exactly, as Gab said, throwing uh, fortunes at it. I mean, Eric at the back, you look at the back line, you know, Eric Garcia, you know, struggled at Man City, struggled at Barca, kind of a bit of a cast-off. Daily Blind, as I said to you in the show, I thought he'd retired. He's playing as well as ever, actually. <laughs> uh, and then you look at Dovka up front, big Ukrainian, the sign from Dnipro, and Stuani's 37, mm -hmm. the Uruguayan. He's 37, still scoring goals, coming off the bench most of the time. So, it, it, yeah, they have backers and maybe get some loan players, but they haven't gone out, and they have never spent more, I believe, something, I read something, never spent more than 7.5 million on a player. Never finished higher than 10th in the Liga. This is a genuinely great story thus far. And do you know how you know Craig's serious, Frank, is when he takes to Twitter, to X, to actually stick up for Girona as well, against yeah. all those doubters and Well, haters. you know, people are oh, trying oh, to suggest... Oh my God. Well, yeah, I was, trying, I was definitely on board. Well, I, I was trying to compare the, to Leicester. The world Frank. is frightening. <laughs> the world is frightening. I, I like this when, softer uh, when side Craig of Craig. Goes on Knicks. Well, yeah. no, Leicester was. You know, I was saying you know this what? is a bit of a Leicester story. But sorry, Frank, yeah. it's a bit of a Leicester. You know, it's not comparable because there's Premier. League, you know, but people was one or two numpties were saying, "Well, you got the City Group behind them." You know, Leicester. Yeah, that was a, an amazing story. But the, these and 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 Ranieri did a it was an amazing job. He walks in there and they've got this group of players and they're they're sort of galvanised. And they've got a guy up front scoring goals. They've got a back four that was solid. But they had a lot of Premier League money going into the bank over all these years. They didn't just pop up Leicester City and go, "We're here," and uh, you know we've 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 got no money and we're going to win the league. They 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 had uh, they had a reasonable. Uh, budget with the Premier League money. They went out and found players like N'Golo Kante and, other, and, and others. So, it, whenever you try and compare and contrast, they're never quite the same. There's always people who just come out and go, oh, it's not the same. They, they've got this and they've it's got rebel. that.
miserable people. Can't enjoy, can't have any festive yeah. spirit. Exactly. Now, the, the, the thing, guys, uh, um, I think it's quite funny that uh, we just talked during the show about the, the, that Super League, you know, that were good for the big, big clubs and everything that you have. Aston Villa in the Premier League, Girona in Spain, Bayer Leverkusen in uh, in, uh, in in Germany, I know it made me think about Lille, you know, winning the title against Paris Saint-Germain not too far, not too long ago, like Leicester, like mentioned, just mentioned uh, uh, Craig. I think it's what we like. During the show, Craig said, you know, we, we love nice stories. We we love fairy tale. And uh, hopefully one of those clubs, those three clubs this season is going to show us a little bit of, uh, of um, yeah, something special in the world of football. I don't like Elites, I don't like, uh, uh, especially in football. I want to see everybody <laughs> showing what is capable of, the, of the, what they're capable of doing. And Girona is absolutely magnificent. What they do, the way they play, what they offer to the to the to the, the world of football is absolutely fantastic. So hopefully, it's going to carry on like that. Yeah, we expect you to take to social media too now, Frank, to say so. All right, for Gab, which bigger Never. club in Europe <laughs> will be Thiago Motta's next destination? Oh, Ooh. that's a really good one because obviously, <laughs> you know, Thiago Motta has got legacies all around Europe from, from Paris Saint-Germain to, to Inter, of course, to, to Genoa, to Barcelona when, when, he was, uh, when he was younger in his career. Um, I don't know because he's kind of had a go around all, all, already. Uh, I think it would have to be somebody that says, yeah, we're going to commit to a certain brand of, of, of attacking football. Um, he's done a great job with young players. Uh, my guess is, you know, the clubs where he's most, where he has a past, uh, I, I think the managers are all fairly solidly, uh, solidly entrenched. But, you know, if he keeps this up, you know, he's gonna reach that, that, that category where, you know, maybe a, premier, a, a mid-table Premier League team looks at him or, or a bigger club uh, in, in in Serie A, or yeah, in in France, I'm not so sure. I I would imagine there's, you know, should Marseille change managers uh, if they get tired of Rino Gattuso, um, maybe someplace back there. Um, but but I think he'd think long and hard. If if he manages to take Bologna into Europe, my guess is he'd want to stick around for that. Let's talk. A very good young uh, Scottish player there, I believe. Yes, there is a young Scottish player. Is it, I might be, is it Lewis Ferguson? Am I right in saying that, Gab? That's right, Lewis Ferguson, yes. And he speaks, and I heard them do an interview recently, uh, and it, uh, an after-match interview, and it was all rolled out, and I'm not going to say perfect Italian, <laughs> in Italian. Wonderful, isn't it? <laughs> Dan Thomas spent all those years in Madrid. Yeah, he's an excellent judge of what constitutes perfect Italian, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, no, he's, he's weird, settled very well. It's always weird, have... Gab, when you hear a, hear a Scotsman talking Italian. Just that Well, they can lingo. do that already. <laughs> right? Okay. But, um, but no, the guy everybody's really excited, by the way, about, um, and who's been, been tremendous, and it's a great story. I'd love to get the guys in it. You know, I heard Frank talking before about Benzema's development and, and guys like that. Joshua Zerkze, when he was 18 and in Bayern Munich, he was considered, you know, some kind of phenom, next big thing. Never quite panned out for him, bounced around, went, went to Padma, went back to Holland. And this season, I mean, people are comparing him to, 
you know, a young Slatan Ibrahimovic, which I think is, is frankly blasphemous, but you know, you have a big, tall, strong guy who's also a ridiculous passer of the ball and has got little man skills. And I, it's a night and he's 22 years old now and he's just hitting full maturity. And I think this happens more often um, than, than we care to think about. You know, guys who are talented, who especially center forwards, who we write off at 18, 19, and then, you know, kind of work their way back in. He's flying, isn't he? They kept the buyback clause on him, though, didn't they, Gab? Bayern? They they did, but I think it's quite a high buyback clause. I think it's in like 30 million. And given that they've spent that enormous amount of money on uh, uh, on Harry Kane, and given that they have uh, Matisse Tell there, who, who they really, really like, um, I'm not sure that, you know, Bayern would necessarily sign him or that he would necessarily want to go back if he's going to be if he's going to be sitting behind uh, behind Harry Kane and maybe tell as well. Well, seeing as I was last time right, right. too many off the cuff questions from you <laughs> and from me. I'll tell you why? It's late in Paris. It's late as London, yeah. and late in London, and you might keel over. And I might keel over because so I can't stop coughing. Hey, stick, stick, <laughs> stick. To all right, sorry guys. For Frank, who do you think has had the biggest impact for PSG over the past decade or the past decade plus? Zlatan, Neymar, Mbappe, or someone else? Oh, I, I love Zlatan Ibrahimovic and the risk that he took that to, to, to come to, uh, to Paris Saint-Germain, uh, Saint yes. And his personality, his impact into the dressing room, to the club, uh, uh, to the press as well. Um, his charisma um, uh, talks a lot about, about him. But I, can't, I cannot avoid to, uh, uh, well, I, you have to erase Neymar. Neymar had no impact whatsoever, or maybe a bad one. But Mbappe also, of course, uh, choosing to go to Paris Saint-Germain, then after staying and not going to Real Madrid, has made an impact as well. But in terms of personality, Zlatan, for me, made the difference. The next question, percentage chance that Middlesbrough actually win the Carabao Cup? So they're in the semis. Oh, if they play oh. against Chelsea, no, no yeah. chance if they play against Chelsea. You know that, Kate. It's history. I know. But, it, you know, if they do do it, it will be 20 years since they last did it. The only time they won a cup. Two, so they get two, they, they have three games, basically. Yep, yep. They've got three games against Premier League opposition. Yeah. Now, what's the percentage? I'll be, I'll be kind. Five. All right. Ooh. For Frank, when were you more nervous? When you made your debut as a player or your debut as an actor? <laughs> I mean, you cannot compare football with anything else or sports uh, in general against anything else because, because we have uncertainties, we don't know anything, uh, you have duality, so it's hard. It's hard, and uh, and you have to prove. Uh, you just start. You'll be lost. You want to prove to your coach and your teammates that you deserve to be there. Uh, but you're young. You're inexperienced. I think as an actor, I took one year and a half uh, uh, acting classes, so I knew I knew what I was um, what I was going to. Uh, you need to have some flair, you need to choose something, but you know the, you have a script, you know exactly what the, 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 the director wants from you. And normally it helps you to go there. So 
I would say I was more, much more nervous when I was starting playing for, for my first team, for my first game with my first team. When I did my first film, I wasn't really nervous at all. <laughs> did you ever have to do any <laughs> acting in your footballing days? Like for a local commercial or anything? Uh, I think we did some... We did some commercial for a, a washing powder for the national team prior to the 98 World Cup, I believe. Uh, I can't remember much about it, to be quite frank with you. But uh, no, not, not, not really. Not really. Not my scene. Craig, what's the worst Christmas movie you've ever watched? I'll ask you all this. I don't really, I don't really watch Christmas movies. I just, I'm just a TV guy. I watch whatever's on at the time. Well, what's the best one you've ever seen? Christmas movie? I've, yeah. I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. <laughs> what's it, what's it, what's it, what's it, tell me some. Is, is, love, is love Actually a Christmas movie? Love Actually? Is Love Actually? It's a Wonderful a... Life? No? No. no. <laughs> I don't know. I, I know. Uh, is it going to be an Italian one, Gav? No, it's not. My favorite Christmas movie is, uh, well, it's, it's It's a Wonderful Life. But otherwise, Rocky IV, um, which of course, you know, wasn't just incredibly entertaining, it chronicled how, um, you know, basically Rocky ended the Cold War single handedly, and we all lived in peace and harmony since. Um, the worst <laughs> is what I watched very recently. If you have those those streaming services where you know some of them, okay, I, I'm gonna say this very, I don't wanna get anybody in trouble, but you know sometimes you have like those kind of cheapo streaming services on your TV that are, are kind of free and you don't right. quite know what low budget films you might encounter. Um, I watched one the other day called, I think it was like, it's called Krampus Reborn. Did you, are you familiar with Krampus? Do you know what Krampus is? No. No. All right. So basically Krampus is German. I mean, had to be German. Um, Krampus is kind of like Santa's evil twin who kind of like, I, people kind of summon him. Uh, and if you've got children who are misbehaved, and essentially he comes and he beats the children with sticks and then he Ooh. and then he eats them and there was a film i think a 2015 movie with with a guy from parks and recreation which was all about krampus and that movie was kind of silly but it was okay but then i watched kind of like a low budget remake of this kind of like a slasher krampus film and uh yeah it was absolutely terrible but i highly recommend it and um, I think you'll find it on one of the more dubious streaming services. The other Did one you can watch is on, is on Amazon Prime, but... Did he eat the kids? Sorry? Did he eat the kids in this one? Uh, I don't want to give it away, but yes, oh, the no. kids do get eaten and they get kind of oh. swallowed. It's Home Alone. Wow. Down yes. and, uh, the dog as well, which is very sad. Oh, gosh. Yes, uh, but Frank, to answer your earlier question, Love Actually is absolutely a Christmas movie. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. Uh, I loved it and I watched it and uh, I love any Christmas movies because, I mean, it goes back to, you know, your childhood and everything and it's a uh, um, unity of uh, the family, uh, the nice dinner, the nice gift. Everything is nice. It's romantic. It's I love I love Christmas. I love that part of the year and uh, I love decorations, trees and uh, and I'm really looking forward to uh, being on Sunday and uh, opening, opening my gift and seeing everybody all smiling, all being happy.
yeah, we're really looking we forward to receiving our gifts. We had this yesterday, friends. we had this discussion yesterday, and Shaka was on, I was on. Dan was on, and uh, I told him yesterday, I, 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 I go home and I'm into a bit of uh, cold case murders, forensic files. What, well, maybe what Gab was watching would be a bit up your street then. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> I'm not ready. You can't beat solving a 1980s murder in Los Angeles. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, really fantastic. Brilliant. There you go. The, the, uh, the viewing habits of our panel tonight. Thanks so much for sending wow. in your questions. We'll be back tomorrow to do it all over again. Join us then. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com FC. Just go to Indeed.com FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.